Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Today we're featuring one of the most thrilling new groups in contemporary soul music, Gabriel's. And lucky for us, they performed three songs, one of which is still unreleased, live for Broken Record. The recordings were done in Austin a few months ago while they were there opening for Harry Styles and playing Austin City Limits. Gabriel's consists of three very distinct pillars of talent. Lead singer Jacob Lusk, who was raised in Compton singing gospel and went to high school with Kendrick Lamar. Keyboardist and producer Ryan Hope, who grew up a lover of dance music in his native UK. And Los Angeles native Ari Belusian, who serves as Gabriel's in-house composer and violinist. Gabriel's origin story is as unconventional as their diverse musical backgrounds. In 2016, Ryan Hope and Ari Belusian were hired to direct and score a commercial with a gospel choir. After hearing the choir director Jacob Lusk sing, a light went off for the both of them. Over the course of the next couple of years, the trio started to record and release songs independently until 2021 when their music caught fire online. Sir Elton John himself said their debut EP was one of the most seminal records he's heard in the last 10 years. On today's episode, Rick Rubin sits down with Gabriels to hear how they were able to create a working environment that allowed space for vulnerability and musical exploration. And Jacob Lusk tells a harrowing story about getting lost in the L.A. County jail system in an effort to clear his name so he could appear in the finale of American Idol. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Before we hear Rick's interview with Gabriels, let's listen to them perform their upcoming new single, Offering, recorded live at Arlen Studio in Austin, Texas. Thank you. 
want your love and want no more. I want a sacrifice. I've shown and proved and I paid my dues. Won't let you get me twice. Mama ain't raised no fool, I know yet. You kill a mockingbird, right? My daddy taught me a thing or two. Once again, that was Offering, off Gabriel's debut album, Angels and Queens Part 2, recorded in one take at Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas. And now here's Rick Rubin with Jacob Lusk, Ryan Hope, and Ari Belusian. First of all, why are you guys in Texas? We opened for Harry Styles. How was that? And how'd that come to pass? Cha! I don't even know. <laughs> now they say that he asked for us to open for him. So he has a lot of different people opening for him. Yes. So I was told that he asked for us to open for him. Mm-hmm. Like he was the one who made that happen. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it happened. Mm-hmm. And it was marvelous. He's actually a really nice guy. Yes. Like he's genuine. Yes, he is. I said, oh, this is why all them girls is going crazy. Absolutely. Was that the first like really big gig? That's Well, we did uh, Glastonbury. Glastonbury wasn't oh, as big as It was 10,000. It was outside. It's a little yeah. different. 
So yeah. we did a Elton John earlier this year, but there wasn't like it was different. Yeah, and and how, how, how did Elton John happen? Uh, he found our EP. I don't even know how he got it, but he found our EP and he basically he asked us on his Apple Music show. And this was before labels and everything. This was, was when we, we, we yeah we self released like we put vinyl out. Ari and I, you know, we release our own records and yeah. soundtracks. Sorry, yeah. soundtracks. Some kind of heaven was out on our label appraiser because we have a production company called Appraiser that we release vinyl through as well. It's just mm -hmm. it's a backyard operation but yeah. the it's a studio that Ari and I work through doing scoring and production yeah. film production and stuff and it's it's us and the people who we work with you know yeah. uh, it's a, like a boutique job but the putting the vinyl out is very backyard operation that's just something we dig we love to do it like fuck it put out we put out vinyl and then Elton John somehow got hold of it and he did, he brought us on his Apple Music show and then uh, he just yeah he said really nice things he called the EP the most seminal EP of the last 10 years incredible uh, and he listens to everything yeah. so he knows I, 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 i'll tell you he listens to every everything it's crazy and he's got great taste yeah so that's, uh, well, i mean amazing. we could it was a big moment for us that really because it kind of like put a, to have that happen where of course was, you know from something we just released because that was really the three of us just releasing our music like recorded like, in the no garage backup, recorded it, it never gets old when someone that do you think makes great things like something you do? It never gets so, old. Yeah. It's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it, a great it, it just it was like honestly, it was really just I don't know, you know, the whole thing of like yeah, out of the blue. Getting it on the radio, it seems like everything's so moved away from that. It's yes. more streaming, it's more yes. like social media bullshit. Yes. When we signed our record deal, there wasn't one single photograph of the three of us Amazing. in the same fucking room. Amazing. I think when we signed the deal, I remember them asking for a picture of us and none of none of us had a photograph. We've known each other for years, living each other's hand. None of us had a picture on our phones or anything. So since the, the club show to playing with Harry Styles the other night, have you guys done loads of shows or a few mm. shows? We did it. Maybe like 30, 40? 30, 40. Nah, not even, probably not that many. And where would you have played? Royal Albert Hall. Well, we did and one. Did that that doesn't count, though. That was an hour show at Royal oh, Albert oh, Hall. Oh, I see. I see. It was for Letters Live. Letters Live. Oh, we how played was that? one song. It was really cool. Amazing. It was incredible. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, I know about you guys tangentially because of Jamie, who does Letters Live. Now, is that so? Amy Sullivan is a friend of mine. I think she works with Jamie, and she uh, was telling me about your book. Yeah. Is that Jamie? Is is that who you do the Jamie, book with? Yes. Canongate is the publisher. Who's right. publishing the book That's, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. And I was in London doing book-related stuff. Right. And Jamie set up this lunch at a place called Coco's, which is a club. Oh, we, we played, played there. We played Coco. And yeah, I, in Camden. And, and I believe it was the person <laughs> from Coco's who said, you might want to check out this. I think you might like this. Was it Nick? Blonde I think guy. it was Nick. Shout oh, out Nick. I think Shout it was Nick. Nick from Coco. Sorry. Shout no. out Nick. And that was just maybe three weeks ago. <laughs> Get wow, the fuck that's out. crazy. Three weeks ago. It's like, I feel like you might like this. That's my guy. And then actually... I'm, dri I'm driving in the car and I put it on and he recommended which what to start with. And it comes on. I'm thinking like, I think it's a mistake because this sounds like this. Maybe this is an old record. You know, like this is something that came out in the 60s or 70s. Like this is an old record. <laughs> And then I look and I look at the date, 2021. It's like, is it a sample? It's like, what? How, how no, that's this... Ari playing the drums, Ari playing the keys. I couldn't figure out what it was, but it, it also, it didn't sound retro. It just no. sounded like it was from another time. Yes. It didn't sound like it was trying to sound like Not another time. To, so let's, yeah. It just sounded like, what is this? And then it's like, I couldn't figure out what it was. 
That that was the beginning of the experience. That's Damn. so cool. And then I sent that to my friend Justin, who yeah, we met here, yeah, that's yeah, all, who, yeah, who does here. the podcast. I just said, "What's up with these guys?" Wow. And he's like, "Believe it or not, they're going to be in Texas when you're going to be there." It's like, okay, get the fuck out. Meant to be. I was trying to figure. Out, I was like, "Does he live here?" Meant to yeah, be. Like, obviously, because you know, like, yeah, you're huge, been a huge inspiration for us. Like, particularly for like Ari and I, who you know, producers. It's kind of like this thing where we were like, "Whoa." We're doing this right now, but to hear how it came around yeah. is just crazy. Just it's so casual conversation, amazing. And put it on, just like I want to know more. And I still, I didn't even know. Is it a group? Yeah. I thought Gabriel's. Maybe it's like brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah, it's yeah, a family. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I love that. I know. That's We're family. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Also, because it was harmony. It's like, oh, maybe it's like a family that sings together. I that would make the, sense. No, yeah, I, I do him. all the vocals. <laughs> amazing. It's, that's yeah. why it sounds so. No, no, no. That's why it sounds familiar because it's your voice. Yeah. But you know how when brothers and sisters sing together, they have that same tone. There's a blend that doesn't happen when it's just random people. Yeah. 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 And I'm a little weird. I've done a lot of studio sessions, so I like trying to tweak my voice sometimes when I do the harmonies and stuff. It's great. Weird, but it's great. Wow. That's a crazy story. Yeah, amazing. amazing. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's, it's so well, wild. <laughs> we'd love to play some songs for yeah, you. Yeah, play some songs. Let's play some songs. For me, 
That was Gabriel's performing Taboo Live. We'll be right back with more from their conversation with Rick Rubin after a break. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first place winner in the industry category at last year's unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards that's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat.
We're back with more of Rick Rubin and Gabriel's. So how did this project come to be? I was in college and uh, at UCLA and- Where are you uh, from originally? Los Angeles, uh-huh. the Valley. Yeah. And I kind of stopped doing music in college. I was like classically trained on the viola or whatever. So I was kind of playing in orchestras and stuff, mm-hmm. but then I lost interest in like being a professional musician, whatever. So um, I was studying like linguistics and stuff. And then I just started getting into working on my friends, like short films and stuff like that. So I did one thing with someone who was an intern at the company Ryan was uh, signed to as a commercial yeah. music video director. I, st- I should say I still am signed there because they pay for my is. visa at the moment. So yeah. let's just get that. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was kind of like a string quartet church hymn kind of thing that was done to this kind of practical effects little film my friend had made. So then. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh, I heard it and like that's kind of how I reached out to him because I was just out. It was my first week actually moving to LA. I used to, I'm from Sunderland in the Northeast of England originally. And then via London, I um, got approached by Roman Coppola's company to move over. And I was directing a video for Pharrell and Two Chains, actually. Some music film is my background and all of our backgrounds, really. It was, as Ari says, with their researcher, actually, he was like um, putting together the treatment for the job. And I heard Ari's music because I, I loved it, really. And that was uh, 10 years ago now. And next thing I knew, I was in Ari's apartment and his apartment was tiny. It was 50% bed. And then he had two timpanies in there and didn't have the internet. And I immediately was like, this is my guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, anybody who's just shipped two timpanies from Detroit to take up 50% of your apartment, I'm down with. So anyway, we basically became really good friends and we were, he hooked me up with a studio in North Hollywood. We were making music together for years uh, for film and we were making films together as well. And that's how we met Jacob, who came into a casting for a job that I was doing. And they were, they were the fourth choir who came in. He was a choir director. And I basically... Just, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science well, scientist. They were, so they have very guerrilla tactics. Yes. So they booked the choir. I auditions really stressed me out. My aunt was like, "Well, Jacob, can you take the church choir?" And I was just like, "Yeah, I'm not really want to audition and do all that. Like, I don't want to go through that." Yeah. So she talked really bad about me. So I ended up doing it anyway. Like, who do you think you are? You think you're hot shit, huh? Fuck you. So I did it, and they. How booked- many? How many were in the choir? 15, maybe? Yeah, 12 to 15. Big. Maybe it's, yeah. And it was the church choir. So these are like the pastor was in the choir. Wow, cool. These are like normal, everyday working class. They weren't like professional singers. Yeah. And so they booked them. I think they booked them because of the energy and the vibe. Mm-hmm. They could sing too, but mm-hmm. we're like a family church. Everyone was really mm-hmm. close. Where's church? In Lamert Park, like Crenshaw area. Oh, cool. So they booked the choir and then they went to Ari's studio. I didn't go because I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> Y'all can go. So that Sunday, in true, Ryan is the kind of person, and Ari too, if they want to get it done, they're going to get it done. It was Ari's idea. He was like, oh, oh, all Ari's idea. I was just kind of like, I was sort of involved in that. It was Ari's idea, which was a pretty divine intervention idea. Did you you already know in your minds it's a group or no? Not at all. Not at all. I know this is a long story. No, it's good. I'm still not sure it is. We didn't know it yet. So they they come to the church, and when I get out of church, they have set up a remote studio in the choir room. Now, at this point, they hadn't heard me sing, but I think the people in the choir were like, oh, Jacob is the guy who, who sings and does all this. We just do what he tells us to do. No, we saw you sing in the church service. Oh, 
you did. Okay. Afterwards, he then we went. He tried to escape. He tried to run away from us. Like he, he literally <laughs> just was like, you know, this was at the early stages. And this this wasn't even just trying to like be a group or anything. We were just trying to get the job. We were done. doing yeah, the job. Yeah. Yeah. It just became really clear at a certain point where Jacob was direct. He knew all the parts. You know, he could arrange the whole choir, and he was leading everybody. And the job was still f- the a piece of music for a movie. For a yeah, commercial. For a commercial. Like, that's kind of like how we start. Like, so it was, it was like this thing where we ended up getting to really good friends when in the process, and we were just sort of like meeting up at either Ari's place or my place out in the desert, and th- these guys would come out and stare, and we were honestly just making music, really feeling our way of how to make songs. And there was something where like, I can think I can speak on behalf of the three of us that when we left these times, when we like would come together, hang out for a few minutes, I mean, these guys would stay at my house and it was like all of a sudden, <laughs> Jake was like, this guy's like, we're staying in his house. Like what's going on? Yeah. You know? And it was this crazy. Yeah, Jacob to this day never really. He never, he never like, stays out anywhere. He's like, he's, he's really quiet. I don't like staying at people's yeah. house. I have a little yeah. bit of But anxiety. he really didn't, he didn't let us know that at that time, yeah. did he? He was like, honestly, he was just I'm coming out and out. Something internally was like, crazy, actually. just see yeah. this out yeah and we just were making music for fun and we yeah. would and stay for like a week and we yeah. were just really slow process maybe Very stay slow. for a week maybe get like one or two songs like little ideas yeah. and we were kind of seeing where we all but met was this in happening in la or was this happening palm in desert, desert. Palm desert. Palm I, was, desert I was living actually. in the desert at the time uh because i'd moved out there to write a film with somebody um who he would who came to live with me for a year so these guys would come in week one so everybody lives in california now yeah, yeah. well I'm half of, I live in LA, but I spend a lot of time in the UK. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And I live up in Pinion Crest, up in the mountains, and just got a place out there, and then Ari's in Burbank. And then as we started, when we did Loyalty, that was the first song we actually really finished was for a product commercial that Ari and I were working on. And we did the song basically for the commercial and then the song was just strong and all these people were like hitting us up just like oh have you got any more material and we're like yeah and we had fuck all you know what i mean we had like nothing how long ago was that 2018 yeah 2017 and that was the first thing that felt like we were like oh we have a this is a song you know and it was strange because we actually wrote it it the length of a whole song or was it just 60 seconds 60 seconds and then we were like add an extra verse and and a bridge it was no bridge back and yeah and then we made it a complete song and then it ended up on radio one in the UK, Crazy. like, and we had no, it was cr- before there were any other songs. Nothing. Yeah. 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 And what was funny was we wrote the lyrics based on what the little short film was about. Yeah. In a weird way, so That's, it just gave yeah. immediate content to write about in this way, which is very much the and style then, of what we've developed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like it started like it's like that, but really, like, even we just did Taboo's our most recent song, right? Like that we wrote. I guess yeah. I mean, that, we we literally wrote that third song we just played there. We wrote that like eight weeks ago. Oh yeah, seven weeks ago. But and but our writing vibe is it's very cinematic, and that we and I've done some acting and some theater and stuff. We literally in TV and film, whatever. But we literally sit ourselves in the room of whatever it is. What does it smell like? What does it feel like? And once we get that clear, the songs just like the thing. What's been like the thing? What's been a real catalyst that we've been wrangling with is like that's been the thing that we've done from Gecko. I mean, I met Ari as like a composer. You know, he was composing films when I met him, and it's like this thing where the three of us have had this film thing, but we've kind of been through this process where that just, yeah, it's a technique for writing lyrics, but what's the point, right? It's kind of like something we've been developing of getting the heart into that from a personal angle. 
is what we've been working on. And in order to do that, you kind of need to trust each other. And I think like the thing we've learned the most is like trust is the gatekeeper of the real thing. And you have to know each other for a long time when you're three different people from around the world of different stuff. And that's kind of when the magic really started coming in. When it was actually amazing. that rather than just yeah. writing film stuff. Yeah. And it was just us coming as very different people, disagreeing on things, yeah. you know, like how we live our lives, how we see the world, but yeah. we can agree to disagree. Yeah. And also where we kind of come in the center becomes what it is. It's not like 50 50 teach and learn and thing for, you know, I've where it feels great. Yeah. Likewise, it's like this thing where, you know, Somebody once said to me once that that's the definition of joy, beauty, and happiness is when an energy field is in 50-50 balance with any other energy field. It's when the experience of joy, beauty, or happiness occurs. And that is like teaching and learning and becoming the same thing, by the way. And like that's what I really, truly believe, that like the songs that we have that are the good ones come out of that. Yeah, beautiful. When did you start singing in church? How old were you? So here's the thing. I really wasn't that good. When I was younger, yeah. if I could just be honest. I'm, I'm ready just... for this deep dive. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, were you in the choir when you were young or no? So I wasn't allowed to get into the choir until I was like 10 or 11 because mm-hmm. you have to like be filled with the Holy Ghost and stuff. It's this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I got in the choir, I was loud and I had all this stuff, but I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And the church I grew up in, the pastor's sons were kind of famous musicians. So we had like all these amazing singers and musicians and stuff. So there wasn't really space for this kid who's a mess. And not in a negative way. It just, I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, It's like you have a toolbox and you're just like throwing a hammer at a nail. It's yes. like, uh, what is he doing? And then I started singing in school. I mean, I kind of got recognized pretty quickly in school because it once you, once you like put me on the path, yeah. I can like fly. Yeah. So in school, they put you on the path. And when I got my to my senior year of high school, I realized I wanted to do music, but it was kind of like not realistic. Mm-hmm. And so the, I was going to join the military. Mm-hmm. They offered me a hundred grand to join. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I still regret it. <laughs> not going. So I moved out. I kind of moved out. Like pretty much my mom was like, if you ain't doing that, you ain't going to be in this house singing. So I went to college, not studying music. I took a voice class and the lady was like, you were born to sing. So I was going to do classical music. That was my thought. Yeah. Because that's a plan. I can yeah. go to school. I can get a degree. Yeah. And even if I'm in the chorus at the Met, I'll make 75 grand a year. Like yeah. that's, I could do that. You'll be a working, a working singer. Yes, I could yep. do that. Yep. And then I started answer going to Craigslist and answering ads on Craigslist. But there was an ad for a, 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 a hip-hop artist looking for background singers for a Christmas project. So I went, I auditioned, I sang I Believe in You and Me, ended it up being Nate Dogg. I don't know if you know who Nate Dogg yeah. is. So it was Nate Dogg. And, and when was this? This was 2006 or seven. So a while ago. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, you've been doing it for a while. Oh my God, yes. a long time. Okay. So I did that. Yeah. And then... And was that a good experience? It was a great experience. I dropped cool. out of college. Great. I, <laughs> great. I dropped out of college. I was like, I'm going to be a singer. Yeah. Like, that was it. It yeah. was like Nate Dog, And then I... And he kind of took... I, I missed the train one night. And I lived maybe a three-hour train ride from the place. And I, so I spent the night and we talked. And I started writing with him. And that was like my... And he had a stroke. And hmm. I could... We, we didn't work for a while. And then I did Idol. And then that... You know, it was a beautiful experience. Tell me about that. I, I know very little about that whole world. It's great. How do you, first of all, how do you get picked? How many people are there competing to even be on the show? 
Maybe 125000 I think, the year I did a it. A lot. There's lots. A lot. So how does it get down from 125000 to you? you? Well, I auditioned four times. You should okay. tell Rick how you got on the show. Oh, yeah. You should tell him that. <laughs> This is this is like uh, this is a big part of like what I really yeah. admire. So I uh, auditioned four times. Yes, twice the year I made it. They added LA last minute, and I went by myself. I had just got a job, I, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got a job! Fuck this American Idol bullshit! They're gonna tell me no anyway." Mm-hmm. Well, the job hired too many people, so I had to wait a week to train. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, I didn't have any money. She gave me fifteen dollars for the bus. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my ID at the time. Like, I should not have been able to audition. I was able to audition. I made it through. And then I was like, hey, I have these tickets, you know, because you you can't have an open ticket. So let's say today you ran a stop sign and you got a ticket. You can't be on American Idol. It has to be paid off and cleared. You can't have any pending court cases. So I had tons of them. I had (laughs) ditching. I got a school, a ticket for ditching school. I had tickets for not riding the train without my ticket, like hopping on the train. So I had warrants, all kind of stuff for like stupid yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 little things. So I go there and I'm like, okay. So I was like, hey, guys, I have these tickets. They're like, well, why don't you make it first? Because you probably ain't even going to make it. Right. So just chill out. But I let them know. Ver- so yes. I go through all the steps and I finally get to the celebrity judges and I make it. You're going to Hollywood. So then they send you to a private investigator. They ask you all these questions about wow. your life. Yeah, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you been here? Have you been Crazy. there? Have you been here? And they say it's to protect yourself, but also to protect the show. Yeah. So if anything comes out, like yeah. they know what's going on. Yeah. So go through all that. And then I was like, well, I have these tickets. They're like, okay, well, you have to have these tickets cleared up yep. by Thanksgiving because Hollywood week is in December mm-hmm. and you can't come here with these tickets. And I was like, okay, I'm on it. <laughs> so the next day, in the same clothes, yeah. I go to the courthouse and I go, hey, I have these tickets. I want to get them cleared up. They go, oh, okay, well, you can get a court date for January 5th. It'll take care of the warrants, but you'll... And I was like, no, that's not going to work because yeah. I can't I can't wait till Jan. I need to see a judge right now. Well, there's no available time, so you can't. Kiss grits. Or you can pay for it. It's $5,000. Well, I ain't got $5,000. Yeah. And I wouldn't even think to ask my grandma to ask for $5,000. So yeah. I'm not... To go on American Idol, like, are you stupid? That's not going to work. So I said... It quickly cocked up an idea. I was like, leave it alone. Don't touch it. So I go next door. I go to the police station. And I say, hey, I'd like to turn myself in. I have warrants. I need to go to jail. I'm happy as a lark. And they're like, oh, well, no, we, we can't. We can't do that. I was like, well, yes, you can. I have warrants. Well, no, these are like, like these are train tickets, buddy. We're not going to take you to jail for train tickets and yeah. stuff. Like, we're not. Yeah. And I was like, no, I really need to go. Now, what's interesting is I was an explorer at this same police station the year before. I don't know what an explorer is. An explorer is. is like a little mini police officer. Oh, cool. So they like train people in the cool. hood to yeah. get them comfortable with the police. And yes. then they'll, you know, it's a feeding thing. You become a police officer. I understand. So I was ironically an explorer at the same police station. Yeah. So anyway, you felt comfortable going there. Yeah, I was like, take me to jail, bro. <laughs> they would not take me to jail. Yeah. So I sat there for an entire hour. Yeah. Two hours goes by. I'm not going to say, can y'all please take me? I'll call my grandma. My grandma, I'm going to go to jail. She's like, no. And then my phone goes dead because I don't realize how serious jail is. Yes. Anyway, fast forward. So they finally take me to jail. So wow. when they, they finally, after like hours and hours, I'm wow. like, I am trying to do the right thing. Take me to jail. Wow. I really only want to go so that I can see a judge because I have to, and then I can get the tickets taken care of. So they finally pick me up. So I get in the car and he's like, okay, what is your deal, bro? Like, what, what is your problem? Like, you're good-looking guy, what the fuck is wrong with you? You trying to go to jail? Like, what's the problem? So I say, well, I auditioned for this show, yeah, yeah, and this is the only way I can see a judge. He was like, oh, okay, cool. So he's like, well, you shouldn't go to jail with those nice clothes on. Like, this is jail. 
So I was like, I was like, well, he's like, well, I'll stop you, I'll stop by your mom's house and let you change clothes. I think he was trying to like, now that I'm thinking about it, like hopefully someone will come and help me and tell me don't go to jail, like yes. it's not a game. Yes. So I get to my mom's house. She left the door open for me. He goes, she left the door open for you. Why would she do that? And I was like, well, because she, my mom has think about giving me a key to her house. This is her house, like, and I don't live there. Yeah. So he goes in, gun drawn. The neighbors see him going in. Wow. Guns are drawn. Yeah. So he brings out my clothes. I change clothes. I go to jail. So I go to Linwood Jail. I'm sorry, this is a long story. No, it's fine. Okay. I, I'm curious. I go to Linwood Jail. I do my mugshot. I'm like, I just got to look fierce. Can't look too happy. Because I know, <laughs> I know that if I make it on the show and I do well, which is what I'm hoping will happen, yes. this is going to come out. Yeah. So I do my face. I do my photo. So I go to the courthouse, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, mind you, this is like stupid ticket bullshit. Yes, yes. So it's going to get cleared. It's going to yes, be done. Of course. So I go... And he's like, okay, great. All right, we'll just dismiss the ticket. You're fine, buddy. Don't worry about it. It's good. You've been in here. You've been in jail now a day. It's all taken care of. Well, that didn't happen. So after I see the judge, I yeah. go back, and it's getting later and later. I'm like, hey, guys, um, I'm supposed to go home. And they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I'm really supposed to go home. Like, this is not, like, this is just, you know, because yeah. Linwood is like, I still have my clothes on. Yeah. Like, it was like my own little room. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So now it's like 6 or 7 o'clock, and now they put me in shackles, and now I'm going to Twin Towers. Wow. which is not cute. So now I'm in Twin Towers for three days. I get lost in the system. Wow. So it doesn't even show that I'm in jail. So nobody knows where I am. I can't get out. I don't, and I've never been to jail before. So I was like, well, I'll just sit here. The Lord will make a way. So after a couple days, I finally get out, like, and I run home in the rain. It was very, like, very much like a movie. I caught the train without a fare again. (laughs) 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 I got on the train and did not pay my fare again. Yes. It's the purple line. The police are never on the purple line. Yeah. And I run home in the rain and then, you know, and then I do, and then I get to Hollywood week. And it seems like every step there was like a thing where I should have been cut, but I wasn't. So I did Hollywood Week, and then I sang a song called God Bless the Child. Beautiful. Which I said was like the best ever audition on Idol. Then I did the show, and the show was beautiful. You become famous overnight. Like, it's nuts. You're in magazines, and, you know, I placed fifth. Uh, the winner, Scotty McCreary, amazing. The thing, everyone was really great in my season. The judges were incredible. Like, J-Lo taught me how to uh, wear my in-ears. Like, it was a beautiful experience. What they don't prepare you for is... The social media craziness, because I had never had social media before. So yep. I was not, like, it was crazy. The, the comments people say, they say a lot of nice things, but say a lot of bad things. I wasn't ready for it. No. At, and then they don't prepare you for the fall after. Because yes. I was, they make you feel like if you do the show and you do well, I did place fifth, that no matter what, and actually someone told me this, you'll have enough money to live on for the rest of your life. That was a lie. Yes. So I get off the show and you have nothing. Yeah. I had a couple deals here and there that were off and on, but it was a struggle, like being an artist. It was like starting over from scratch, even worse, because people don't want to touch you because you're on the show. Yeah. You're on the show. Yeah. So I had some ups and downs and went through that and in and out, had a church gig here, had a church there, there. I had a management situation that ended kind of badly. They canceled all my gigs for the rest of the year and wow. like dropped me Wow. And, took, and kept the money. Wow. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go get a job. And the, I worked for a sunglasses company called Gooder, and that, helped kind of push me into this. Like, I had never been in an environment where I was, like, loved and told to be myself and be comfortable in who you are. And even in music, I had never really felt that way because you got to think, I had my start writing. So when you're writing for the artist, you're writing in their style, Yeah. right? And so I never had a space to really find what naturally just comes out of my body, Yeah. 
right? Even in church, I'm doing a church thing. I never got to, what naturally just comes out. But this has allowed me to really just whatever naturally comes out. And they've pushed me to do that. And it's been a safe place for me to do that. So it's just been absolutely life-changing. Between Gooder and these two white men, even though he's not white, he's technically Armenian American. (laughs) (laughs) It's been, it's been, it's between Gooder and them, it's been in the last few years, I never, you know how you dream of a thing, but you're like, I don't know if it's really going to happen. And I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. Tell me more about your family. Um, I grew up in Compton. My father died when I was 12, really suddenly. Uh, My mom is from Georgia. My grandmother is from Georgia as well. They moved to L.A. when they were younger. When my Mm -hmm. mom was very little, my grandmother remarried. Her husband died in a car accident, mm-hmm. when and she had never worked. So they, they, my family experienced a lot of death and tragedy, like a lot of it. It's kind of nuts. My uncle committed suicide a few years ago. He jumped off a building, and it's, it's been like, my, it's nuts. But there is this thing. My, I inter, I kind of interviewed my grandmother when we re-released the EP, yes, and for her to experience all that. And she said she was, she learned really young. There are no mountains too high to climb. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God, this little lady, this is what she thinks. And there's a little bit of me that kind of feels that way too. But anyway, I'm an only child, only grandchild on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. So I was very kind of sheltered. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in Compton. It's a little hood, you know what I'm saying? But my mother did everything that she could to make sure that I was able to experience other things and know that there was another way of life for me. Mm -hmm. Where she fucked up, well, she made me feel like I could be anything. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that. Even sometimes when you don't, like you have those moments where you doubt it and you're like, nah, it's not going to happen. There's always this little bitty piece of me that's like looking at $10 million houses in Pasadena. Yeah. But maybe maybe this band wouldn't, wouldn't have happened if you didn't keep that thought alive. You know, it's impossible to know. Impossible to know. And I'll say this, the world and the music industry in particular has not been a place that I felt like harbored individuality. Yeah. It did not feel like a and this is no I'm not bashing anyone. No, no, I've no. had beautiful experiences. Yes, yes, I've yes. worked with some of the most amazing yes. people in the industry. It, but it doesn't harbor people being themselves. True. It doesn't harbor people being comfortable in themselves. And then you even get people who are in the means ministry who really shouldn't be. Yep. Because it doesn't, it, it's not a safe place for those people that's really their heart. And so with this experience, it's allowed me and pushed me to like, this is the most myself I've ever been. Congratulations. It's just, how it's beautiful just, is that? That's crazy. It's crazy. I ain't going to tell you how old I am, man, I got. But <laughs> it's for to now be at this place where I'm actually starting to look at myself and like be okay with myself. Yes. Like when I was younger and fine and had body yaddy 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 yaddy, <laughs> like oh my god, what would have happened if I was able to embrace myself and yes. my voice and who I and and really find my real voice then? Oh my god! Yes, it took this long, and my hope is that when people grab onto that, like when they see our shows, like oh well, shit, let me be myself too. And find out what really makes me happy, what really makes me whole, whatever that is. Yes. Even if it's not, because some people, we, I think a lot of people doing shit they don't really want to fucking do. Yes. You want to fucking work that job. Yes. Some most, these mo- most. Find what really makes <laughs> you happy. I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant. And most I'll say this. beautiful. I am the most happy with these guys. Yeah. I am the most happy. <laughs> I, when it's just us. Yes. These fucking white boys <laughs> yes. who are completely different than me. Yes. Who are like, 
oh, damn, these are my brothers. Like, these are my bros. That's beautiful. And it's been the best experience in my life. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. And now you, you, hopefully you'll be in a position to turn other people on to that possibility. Yes. And maybe it's not just through the shows, but maybe there are other ways. And it'd be interesting for us to talk about that and figure out what that is, because I love the idea of spreading that message because ultimately it's good for everybody. It's good for it's good for you to feel like yourself, but then we get to hear the music that's true coming from you because you feel like yourself. And if if artists don't feel like they can be themselves, what do we get to listen to? What do we get to what do we get to see? It all becomes the same. You know, it's all just Everybody trying to be someone else and none of it's interesting and none of it's good and nobody cares. The people making it don't care about it. The people scrolling through what they're going to choose don't choose it because it's all the same and it's all cookie cutter and it doesn't matter. So the fact that you're having this experience, you're getting to work on something different that excites you, it's the best advertisement for more good things to come. And when I say more good things to come, I don't mean copying what you're doing. I mean people doing their their own thing, whatever it is. Okay, I'm ranting with you. Oh, don't no. worry, you're preaching son. to the converted. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we feel, we feel, like, we feel exactly, they couldn't have said it. You pretty much just said exactly what goes on when we're halfway between ordering Chick-fil-A and watching a Britney documentary. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take a quick break here, but we'll be back with more from Rick Rubin and Gabriel's. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position: warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com where America goes to hire. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer. So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle to everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards. 
an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast, Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Baby girl is fine in 19. Raised on catfish and collard green. Brown eyes smelling real sweet. With a strong heartbeat. The way she put that thing on me, that hoe and that made me lose control. Michael says she gonna break my heart and then take my soul. Just like a child's
That was Gabriel's performing their song Angels and Queens live for us at Arlen Studio in Austin, Texas. Here's the rest of their interview with Rick Rubin. How did it go from the three of you to what we're experiencing you guys playing as a live band? How did that happen? That happened, I guess, post-COVID because we had, it kind of all came to a head a bit in like, we had been working on it really sporadically. So that loyalty song kind of came out and then some labels, people who I had been working, I was in another band that was also signed to a label and they started reaching out to us like, what's this? Like, you know, do you have more music, stuff like that? And then we were like, oh no. And then we just kind of got together back at my place and wrote a bunch of stuff. One of which is actually one of those songs we played here, which was, that was in 2019. Then we just started kind of putting it together. I have some friends, Ryan has some friends, Jacob has some friends that like play. So we had this little community of musicians that we would bring in. And then it was like COVID, actually our last session in the desert. We wrote another song called Stranger. And then we were like, we had one of our songs mastered, this one called In Loving Memory. And he was like, maybe let's put that out now because there's nothing going on, whatever. And... And then we could kind of put it into this EP. We had some songs at this point. Yeah. Then we put that song out and then it gained a lot of traction. You know, uh, like Giles Peterson yeah. played it. Amazing. And Virgil Abloh played it on his radio Crazy. show, which was amazing. Crazy. And we were just like... In the same week, I guess. Yeah, it was in the same week. Crazy. So then all of a sudden we were like, let's get together this vinyl, you know, and we put it together, put it out in December. And I remember just like, we put it on Bandcamp and mm -hmm. just seeing like the Bandcamp notifications on my phone. It was kind of crazy. I was like, whoa, this is nuts. So it started getting picked up, you know, BBC, especially in the UK, they started really supporting it. And... You know, it took a bit of time, you know, and there was a lot of talk, a lot of people coming in, you mm -hmm. know, labels, mm -hmm. managers, different people. And uh, I guess around early 2021, we got like a DM from our manager now, Duncan and Duncan Ellis. Um, Duncan Ellis and we were big fans of Celeste, yeah. Uh, yeah. who he also managed. So yeah. in our eyes, we're like, maybe we could make a cool song with her, you know, yeah. something like that. We could, you know, I like what he's done, you know, and mm -hmm. it seems like she's doing cool work. And we were all obviously, you know, trying to figure out how to make money and stuff like that. So it felt broke. like a broke. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, it feels like a right time because we had kind of independently, we self-released that first EP, you know, yeah. me and Ryan yeah. in, the, in like Jacob, we invested all our own money into yeah. it. You know, we made, yeah. we did a, like a Calvin Klein campaign that had a bunch of our songs in it. And that was a really good marker for us because yes. that was like this really high end job. It was actually very artistic and yeah. it, we were just trying out these little ideas of new songs on it. And then people were liking it and it was yeah, very people were like asking for the songs on yeah. the Calvin Klein Instagram. very different yeah, from so. the temp music that they had. So we just like, they'd give us temp, but then we'd just give them a whole different song on it that was like completely different. Yeah. And then they would just go with it. And we Great. were like, that's cool, you yeah. know? And so- But does it start as a, a jam, essentially? Like, is there a musical jam? There's a musical then, piece, really, beforehand. There's a musical idea. And is there, is there a vocal idea, or you'll hear an instrumental track and start singing just whatever comes? It How does it work? It's a, so usually they've done a musical kind of 
idea of it some sort. It always starts as a song. They, but including the melody. No. No. Just, just, the, the, track, just the music starts as a song that's yeah. written and developed. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, sometimes instrumental. in their music discovery, there may, there may have been be a melody that they may pick up or whatever. I see. But we try to keep it as raw as possible. I see. And then when I come, then we, sometimes there might be a melody idea. Sometimes we'll have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we would have watched, like when we did Glory, we watched the Tina Turner doc. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of helps influence it. Or in the, and the music starts, but it's all, it's just the starting place. Yep. So the music changes, yeah. the melody changes, and it changes a few times in the process. Mm -hmm. But it's, for me, it's really allowing the song to speak. Yes. Like allowing it to say yes. what it wants to say. Sometimes like Taboo, when we, we were writing it, and I I wanted to add this. Like I just, let me just add, I just want to add this part where this musical break is. It's just like, you know, the song doesn't doesn't need that. Doesn't make it better, yeah. It doesn't need that. Why are we why are you just gonna shove this in there? And like yeah. so it's really allowing the music, the song, the lyric, the story to have its way. The thing that I love is that we really do write the songs completely together. Like yes. that's a real thing. Yep. But there's also a thing because of that, we don't allow our egos in the room yes. when we're doing that. Cause it's like, oh, I gotta have my piece or I gotta have mine or we don't have that issue cause it's ours. Yes. And it really gives the song the space to do whatever it wants to do. It's beautiful. It sounds like if you're doing that, even if you were doing that by yourself, there's not really room for ego because do you know what I'm saying? If you want it to be its best version of itself, it's bigger than us, you know. Yeah, it's exactly. uh, it's coming from a different place. It's coming from a different. Okay, I'm gonna be really churchy. So we got this thing called the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah, I'm very churchy. Yes, I'm, but I I believe differently. I think love is for everyone, yes. even if we like. I think we're supposed to believe differently. Yes, like, and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think there is this other thing in the universe. Maybe you call it the universe. Maybe it's energy. Maybe it's something that everything carries. And I think music carries that same thing. Mm -hmm. And if you just let it lead the way and yes. let it have its way, yes. it will. But oftentimes we get in the way. Yeah. I mean, that's like pretty much just the life, you know, like it's this thing where people just can't get out their own goddamn way, yeah. you know, and it's like, but in terms of like how it starts usually with the music, like the starting process, usually Ariel have like written the music, he'll like get the structure of us. This is what I mean about what like I've learned from him and like he, with the Gabriel songs, he'll write the music of the verse, the chorus, the bridge, there'll be a structured thing yes. that's very clearly like developed and laid out for little cut, and then he'll give me a call, I'll come in, we'll tweak a little bit but it's usually he's written it done it it's all really down the line what my input on that is very minor compared to what Ari does mm -hmm. and then at a point when like we'll be like all right this is something that we can then bring to Jacob because yeah. you just have to give him a layup I mean you've heard he's like he just needs a layup and it'll sometimes be like it'll be like we've worked through a bunch of tracks you know and we yeah. pick through what feels like it's going to serve Completely and it's interesting. You know? exactly. I imagine sometimes, depending on what the then vocal we'll does, it, 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 it happens again where it's like, oh, the vocal wants it to go in this direction. Yeah, exactly. We thought it was exactly. going to go this way and that's then exactly what to go and the vocal. And then we change it. Yeah. Probably, you know, hey, can we try to do this yeah. or can we change the key or yeah. can we... But there has to be trust that, oh, he's really doing this for the sake of the song. Yes. But there's also a thing, here's the other thing, and this is where having, being securing yourself or like being okay. I had a job. They had their thing. This was literally just for the love of the music. Yes. That's the key though. Like 
doing it for the love of the music, that's why it's good. If it ever turns into a job, it won't be the same. It's funny, ever since we did kind of get into, you know, a partnership, just being honest, it started, you know, we were like, you know, we're here, we're ourselves. And I'm like, you know, we we all felt like this is going to be amazing. And then, you know, a lot of other forces, a lot of people come and start trying to tell you how this can be bigger and how this can be better. And then to me and us, it felt like I'm like, you know, I don't want to like look myself in the mirror and have a song I hate, even if I'm like rich as fuck. Absolutely. And they might not be right. Exactly. That's another part Usually of it. Usually they're wrong. It's just another idea. It's another idea. And chances are what they're telling you is based on what worked for someone else, not what worked for you. Exactly. So it's it's impossible totally to right. know. It's impossible to know. Yeah. And then you're just, at, you know, and then what are you contributing? You're just, it's the same music made by the same people for yeah. the same audience. So yeah. then there's no new ideas. Yeah. Getting, if you, if you know. you're making your favorite stuff together. That's the best chance you have of anyone else liking it. It's the best chance. Better than any better Absolutely. than any Absolutely. second guessing that you can do or any opinions from someone who knows better. If you love it, all of if you collectively exactly. love it. Yeah. And would be excited totally. to play it for your friends, there is no better test. That's it. Absolutely. Because it was like when we were meeting up in these sporadic times and, you know, these two, these two will be at mine or be in, I'll be in LA or whatever it was. Like in the weeks after we'd hung out and done something, no matter how raw it was, in the weeks afterwards, I'd be working some other shit and I'd be like, God, I'd just be listening to that drum loop. Yeah. I would. I'd be going back to that thing and I'd be like feeling that thing of like, oh, that, that makes me look in the mirror and that's what I'll do. Yeah. Oh, that's what I want to fucking yeah. do. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, and they'll be doing this other stuff that people might think is cool or makes money and whatever. And like, yeah, I'm fucking hate it. You know, I really did. And like, that's kind of, when I met Ari like 10 years ago, I was, I was sick of people telling me my work looked great and I just felt nothing. Yeah. Honestly, when yeah. I looked at it, I was kind of like, I felt like I really didn't fit. It looked good and I'm yeah. good at what I do when I do, you know, kind yeah. of creatively, I'm pretty good at shape and stuff. And it's like this thing where I just didn't feel anything, man. And like me and Ari, it was like this weird thing where I was working on stuff. This is before we started. It was like, I would leave working with him and the work that had happened and the thing I took and I'd feel like legit. Yeah. I would. And then like, that would be the same feeling that would then carry on with the three of us. Like when we'd leave, I'd be like, damn, there's something in it. You know, there's, that's just got something. It's got that thing. And if you think of all of the people who make things trying to get on the radio and don't, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you make something exactly, that's yeah. just your taste that yeah. you never think would get on the radio, yeah. and that gets on the radio, trust yourself. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the test case. <laughs> remember much. that. Remember how it started. Thanks, exactly. man. Thank we, you. We, need, we, need, fu- we needed that it's on record. Funny, it's, funny, it's funny that you say that in my case, it wasn't even trust myself. <laughs> It was trust them yeah, and trust the, I was like, Jacob, this is the best music you've ever done. Yes. Fuck it. <laughs> like literally, yeah. like, like, cause I, I'm like, well, no, I need to do this and I do this. And I'll be like, Jacob, just chill the fuck out. What they, y'all, y'all, that's what y'all want to do. All right. That's fine. You want me to do what? Okay, fine. As a rule, try everything. If you have an idea that's different. Try it also. Yeah. Oh, and, then, and we do. Oh, we do. Like, try try we, that's one everything. thing we, we do rule like try that, really. Every, you never know. 
You that never know. That week, dude, I've tried cool. some stuff. But you can only, you can only <laughs> yeah. it doesn't always work. It's fine. No, no it's we fine. do do that. But, but that's he is fun. Trust. Yes. That process is fun. You know, yes. it's like we love to just even recut, like take everything out here, yeah. just vocal and yeah. bass or something random. Yeah. And it's like, that's exciting to us. That's where like, we'll just, Jacob will just give yeah. us something amazing and then we can nerd out. You know, it's like. Because that's that the thing. happened with Bloodline. Stranger, Stra even with Stranger, Stranger got yeah. completely reworked, and I came back and I cried. I was like, "What the?" It's fuck? like, the, the, but again, it's just you can't try everything if you uh, have a fear of that's anything, true. right? And trust, yeah. trust is the that's what I was trying to say. It's like the one thing I've learned, and the one thing I'll share here right now. If I was to give any advice to anybody in my short, very very short year long music career, yeah, <laughs> I'm only talking like who the fuck do I think I am? I'm really making me. <laughs> a year ago and I'm only eulogized about this right now. But I do feel it's important to share yes. that just as an artist, just to share that trust is the one thing that will be the key to workflow. And you can, if you trust teacher, if you trust I'm safe to try something, like you've got to nurture that environment. That's yeah. true. Right? Absolutely. Because if you're not nurturing that environment for people around you to feel safe, they've got to trust you to feel safe, to try shit and be wrong. Yes. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Yes. And like the thing is, is like that is what is, that's what kind of we've been building that garden. To be and honest. I will say Ryan's been a very strong part in that for me and Jacob, yeah. I think. He's because... You know, I think Jacob and I have a sense to kind of be hard on ourselves in certain ways. As most geniuses do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a commentary Ryan they've got. <laughs> Ryan's always there to encourage and even stuff that we might not think yeah. is something that we are just trying. He'll be like, no, keep that. That's sick. Like yeah. really cool. And then you listen to it yeah. and it's like that has been invaluable in this experience for, you know, anyone because. So I'll, cool. i also say this. In life in general, we need to create spaces where people are safe and they can cut the bullshit. Yeah. Because a lot of us are doing bullshit that's not real, musically in life. Absolutely. And we're making these standards and creating these stories for people. And people, you're, you're 50, 60 years old and you still don't have a clue of who you really are, what you yes. really want, what you, what's really in your heart, yes. what's really, you know, and now, so you've been bullshitting for 50 years. Yeah. Now you're 65. Yeah. And now you've realized, oh, I'm actually don't need all that. I really don't have to do all that. I really don't. But even musically, that's what I think we've created where it's like, Jacob, we know the truth. You can't bullshit me in here. <laughs> Jake, come on, really? That's what, and that is what my prayer is yes. that the world is able to have that where we can stop bullshitting each other. Beautiful. Whatever, whatever that, it is. Whatever that is. Whatever it is. This is what this is what brings me peace. This is what I don't want to fucking work a job or whatever it is. You whatever know what I'm saying? It is. Yes. Just and even if it's even if you have to do something that you're uncomfortable with, yes. at least the truth is known. Yes. And it's acknowledged. Yes. Because then you're able to move. Sorry. Absolutely. Beautiful. You never have to apologize to me. <laughs> you never have to apologize. I've been All saying good. that one for yeah. six years. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I, I go on these rants and I get lost in space it's and beautiful. I forget what my point yeah. is. It's beautiful. Yeah, amazing, yeah. man. All good. Well, <laughs> Sorry, con congratulations <laughs> on... Thank you, man. I got yeah, congratulations on finding each other and congratulations on making beautiful stuff. Thank, thank you, man. you so really much. Nothing it. better. <laughs> cool. Appreciate it. All right, thank you for doing this. Man, yeah. thank, thank you. you. Yeah. My thank pleasure. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much.
thanks again to Gabriel's. I also want to give a shout out to the folks who made that live session sound as beautiful as it does. The whole band, of course, plus Lisa Fletcher at Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas, Chris Shaw, who engineered that session, and Beach Noise, who mixed the songs. You can hear all of our favorite Gabriel songs on our playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, Eric Sandler, Jennifer Sanchez, our editor is Sophie Crane, our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like our show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings for the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry and me. I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.